This is the Moshpit Backstage Podcast for punk, metal and rock interviews and segments. Um, I am joined in the studio by Frosty from Espionage. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Not bad, yourself? They released their debut album, Digital Dystopia, uh, back in June. And they also went in a little, on a little tour of Australia yeah. just before. Talk a little bit about how the band got started. Well, um, Dennis started it. Um, he had his other band, um, Seppuku. Um, but that was more thrash and he wanted to do more traditional heavy metal. So he put out a couple of demos and um, a few auditions. I was one of them. I started as bass and we had another vocalist and um, didn't really work out for him. But uh, Dennis heard me doing backing vocals for the band and thought like, wow, let's get you on. About like two weeks before our first gig. So I had my work cut out for me. Um, and yeah, uh, Shelvo, our drummer at the moment, he was just helping out. He's kind of like roadieing a bit. And... Um, he ended up just filling in for a... It ended up being one show, two shows, six months, and then he was like, ah, oh, why not? I'll join the band. A <laughs> um, few guitarists in between, but we've got our new guitarist, Matto, who's been in for probably eight months or so now, and he's just doing just fine. Awesome, awesome. Where does the name come from? Um, I guess James Bond, really. Like Just about being spies, looking all over. Um... But we, we, there were a few names we were throwing around. I can't really remember them, but this just stood out like a sore thumb and couldn't refuse it. Mm-hmm. Oh, really cool. It's interesting you say that you were kind of... Because like, you've, got, you've got a terrific voice. Like, how did it come that you were sort of just doing bass, backing vocals, as opposed to having a lead role in a band? Oh, well, I've always loved being a vocalist, and I've been vocalist in other bands, but it was more thrash-orientated. Um, and when Dennis was putting out the feelers for like auditioning people, he was like, oh, I want people you know, who can sing like Iron Maiden and Queensryche and all these amazing singers. I was like, no, no way, can't touch that stuff. Um, but eventually I guess my voice grew with the music and just ended up sitting well. Mm, mm. I hope so anyway. Well, definitely, based on you know, <laughs> the album. It's, it's, yeah, it's amazing. So the album... When did you guys start working on this? You released an EP back in 2016, I believe? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we basically started working on that like pretty much after. Dennis was recording guitars and throwing demos out at us. Um, but we didn't really get into it. Like he, he had all the guitars recorded, but it took us ages to get all the blocks together to record it all properly. Like we did, you know... Um, Last year, probably mid last year, we had the drums, and then like a couple of months later, we only had time to do the vocals then, and then as well as bass in between. So we just had different schedules with work and everything else, especially with um, Chris Melko at Monolith Studios. Like he's just a busy man with all the metal that's going around nowadays. To trying to book in to get with him, um, so it, it the whole process was a good eight months. I thought it was going to be like that, but mm. uh, it took a lot longer than I thought. And then especially getting it all mixed and mastered, and it's just a good long process. 
Mm, that's interesting. Having such a long process that you record over, were there, were there any uh, second thoughts about some of the what you'd written, or is it sort of solid? No, we're we're pretty happy with it throughout. Basically, we were happy with it because uh, we had a lot of time to sit on it and think about it. But um, especially going through like recording vocals, um, you know, and second guessing parts and not knowing where to put these specific harmonies and but Chris Malco he's, he's a genius he'd just be like no nah, no nah, I can just put it there no nah, we'll get rid of that that's too much and ended up working out really well um, but once it was all done and once we listened to it a million times and a million times more then you work out which songs work better where and what songs we actually want the singles to be whereas we had no idea when we were recording mm, mm. it was just a bunch of songs that we had that's interesting. Um, so, uh, at what stage do you start start to actually work out where the songs go? Like, like how, how does that work? Because it's kind of an interesting thing where you'll have songs, but then you're supposed to put them in a sort of specific order to actually kind of let the album flow in a really nice and interesting way. Well, we we kind of had it set out. We had the idea of where everything was going. Um and then obviously from there you kind of choose where you want your main songs to be. Not that, you know, I'm going to pick any favourites over my own children. But um, having... Yeah, it's, it's already it was already all kind of set in place. But then we had room to breathe. We'd, we'd try out different... You know, we'd put this song higher up, put that song last and try it out and see what it sounds like and just give it a listen through and... Oh, that's really interesting. So, you, so you'd actually rearrange the album, yeah, we, listen we, through it the entire way through, and see how that sat. Well, of, of course, we have like an intro track and our intro mm. song. You can't really put that at the mm, end of the mm. album, but um, other songs in the middle that can be thrown around, like songs that um, start in different like keys. You know, you wouldn't want like a song starting A going into another song starting in A. You know, it just sound a bit too much the same so mm. you want to try and mix it up so it's a different feel through the whole thing uh, that, that, that's a very good point it's interesting um going a little bit back uh, further back in the process how is the album actually written by the band a lot of it's done by dennis um he's just a he would just sit there all day and just write out all these songs and then by the time i get home from work he's like here's like three new demos for you to listen to what do you think and then I usually pick at it and go, oh, how about we get rid of that and put that there? And then you'll be like, okay, and then you'll just re-record it all. And he's got all the gear at his place, so he just records everything. And um, and then, yeah, eventually we pick and choose. like, and As well as doing other writing at band practices and mm. throwing out ideas, but he is the man. Mm -hmm. He is the man. Oh, really cool. Why the name Digital Dystopia? Um, because we're living in a digital dystopia. It's everything's digitalized nowadays, and we just we just had to play on it, as well as loving the idea of all like the '80s sci-fi, bringing it all back, and we just yeah. Mm, no, that's really cool. I actually, a band in last week called Future Corps. Yeah, and they're it's sort of it's interesting because you've stylistically like it has a very 80s feel to the dystopia yeah but like the dystopias these days like the sort of dystopia that they've imagined in their album 
Um, it's it's kind of has a different texture. It's very sort of modern and like it doesn't have any of that sheen. It's it's it sort of lacks that kind of like brightness. Like yeah. at least with the digital dystopia, everything's bright and colourful. Yeah, of course. And you've kind of have something interesting to look at. Whereas yeah. this sort of modern dystopia is kind of just bland. And <laughs> 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 no, it's funny because I was actually going to ask: Is the digital dystopia a different world? than the one we currently have, and it's clearly, you know, partly this one. Yeah, it, it is, but it's also the idea of, like, what everyone had in the 70s and the 80s, you know, the idea of the future, everyone having flying cars by this, you know, time and age. So we still love that idea, but we still are in a digital age, you know. Yeah, we, we didn't get any of the good stuff, apparently. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking a little bit about the tour that you guys went on, but you're also playing a couple more dates in the next few months. You'll yep. be playing, playing at the Croxton Band Room on September 8th and at Metal United Down Under on September 22nd. And at Max Watts, we're also filming for the song Digital Dystopia, so we'll be filming our film clip there. Oh, awesome! Get along, get your mugs in there. And... Oh, that's really cool. So we'll talk a little bit about the tour you just went on in a sec, but like, what, what, what's, what, what's, what's, the, what's the process behind getting that done? Um, well, we'll have a couple of cameras set up around the joint, and then we'll have a few GoPros running around in the crowd going crazy, mm. getting everybody's faces on there, and yeah, hopefully it'll look good, but other than that, we're going to record, like, we're going to film um, a different part to the film clip as well, so it's not just a live film clip, and keep it all the rest as a surprise. Oh, nice, nice. So, yeah, as I mentioned, you went on tour in June. Yep. How did that go? Talk a little bit about that. That's great. Um, started at Legions of Steel, um, which was amazing. Usually we've been playing at the Bendigo Hotel um, to probably 300 people for the last four years, but deciding to move it to Max Watts, it was amazing. I was playing to five, 600 people, having it filmed as well for a DVD. It was great. Um, everyone bought heaps of merch from every band. Um, and then after that, we went off to Canberra, which is awesome. We'd never been there before. So we did Canberra, Sydney, Adelaide, then to Geelong, Bendigo, back to Melbourne for our own hometown show, and then Hobart, finished there. Oh, really, really nice. Oh, that's really cool. Um, when, when you're on tour, like, what, what, what's kind of, I don't know, how, what's a rhythm like for you guys? Because, you know, it's not like you're touring every, like, one day, one day, one day. But, like, you, it's sort of, it, you know, you've definitely got to get into a sort of rhythm. How, how does that work while you're on tour? Oh, well, we're all mates. We all just get along. It's just, just a great time for us. Obviously, we have work in between, so it's just, it's basically just weekend gigs for us. But, um, you know, we just, as soon as work's finished, just bang back into the same rhythm and we're all used to each other. We're all really good. So we just bang straight to the airport and off we go. Mm, no, really, really cool. Um, just kind of a question that I've come up with and I, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're on stage, when you're playing at a gig, yeah. what, what are you trying to do? Basically, I'm not trying to sing to the person that's standing right in front of me. Um, there could be one person or two people or whatever, but I want to get to the people right down the back and I just want to project my energy and my... basically how much I'm enjoying this band and how I'm enjoying being on this stage and I want them to feel the same energy that I'm feeling as 
as much as possible, basically. Mm. Um, doesn't mean you have to get into it, but I just want them to understand why I'm doing it and to see to show them that I'm enjoying myself and I want them to enjoy it just as much as I am. Mm. No, that's really cool. Um, so, like, you, you talk... The way, the way you sort of present that, it's very, it kind of feels very much, like, vocally. Where, where does bass sort of come into that? Um, well, I've always been a vocalist, so I'll, I guess I've, I'll always project that more mm. than being a bassist. But I love bass. I love... I've, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just <laughs> try to get it across, and, um, and yeah. Oh, cool. Um, moving on to a little bit talking about you, speaking of bass, when did you start playing bass? When did I start? Yeah. Um, probably midway through high school. Um, I actually didn't even mean to or want to start playing bass. I've always wanted to be a vocalist, always have, but it was in music school that, like, um, well, just in a music course that I wanted to progress in my singing, and they said, oh, well, you should learn a different instrument from now on. I was like, oh. What am I going to do? do? Oh, I've always wanted to be a guitarist, and I love the sound of bass, and I hear that bass is pretty much easier than guitar. (laughs) I was very wrong as soon as I picked it up, realising that it's a completely different instrument, and it's just as hard, if not harder. Guitarists will definitely (laughs) deny that, but no, but I love it. I don't regret it. Oh, great. Vocals, when did you start sort of realising that's a path you wanted to pursue? Um... Well, when when I was a kid, I looked up to bands like you know, Bon Jovi and Aerosmith and Gunners and all that typical stuff um, that my dad got me into. But when I started getting into Metallica and Slayer and all the thrash, and I even started out as a death metal kid when I first got into the music, I started out singing in a death metal band first. And um, and then moved on to thrash, and then moved on to heavy metal, and now I'm a power metal vocalist. So it's a bit of a bit of a weird change. Um, but I've always I've always wanted to be a frontman. Love it. I still get I still get my stage fright walking up there and seeing there could be 500 people, there could be two people, and I'm still up there like, oh god. <laughs> That's really interesting. So for me, like I come here, there's a bit of kind of like slight anxiety just because you got to actually get it started and it's not simply like the things are in there you've got to put the, you got to put, put the songs on the computer you know but, but once you're up it's all good but like you you've been doing this for a while why why the anxiety you know you you, you kind of you know the songs obviously no, it's, what, it's, what is what is what is anxiety coming it's not it? the songs it's the banter in between that i find the hardest just like hoping that I know the, the right thing to say. Even now, you know, it's still a bit yeah, yeah. nervous doing this. Um, but, yeah, just hoping that what I say, you know, isn't going to come across as awkward or, like, hoping that at least someone's going to throw something back at me. I'm much better if someone just goes, hey, you know, like starts yelling at me from the crowd. <laughs> I could at least, you know, throw it back to them as well. Um but of course, when you say something and no one says anything back, or you know, no one cheers, you're playing to three people, and you're just like, ah, yes, that's awesome. But no, it's it's all it's all practice as well. Mm. Like, I can probably you know, the greats probably still get nervous sometimes mm. getting up there. So eventually, I'll get there. I'll get better. I'm getting better. No, it's it's really interesting this kind of thing. Like that we we've sort of 
been doing it for ages. Yeah, there's there's still some part of it mm. that yeah, that's interesting. But like in terms of the band, did you did you make any preparations? Do you have any like things in your head that you've either pre-prepared or you have in mind that you want to say? Oh, of course, game? like um, you know, you you know what songs are gonna um either go into like another song or there's going to be a break and you know you're going to talk to the crowd you're going to talk about the merch you're going to talk about um the other bands that are on you're going to introduce a song you know you've you've got the little thing little mental notes that you've got even sometimes we write it on um the set list that's sitting in front of us just a little note just to say who's going to do what and i even get dennis to talk about some stuff as well because you know it's good that I can get more people to talk while at least I can have a drink break, mm. you know, I can just have a sip of water while he's talking about the merch sales. And That's kind of, it's, it's funny, it's an interesting dynamic because, like, uh, some bands, they, they want to be talking all the time. Some bands are just very content to kind of go between the songs, have a break and just have a drink and not worry about the audience. It's, it's I reckon an interesting it's, approach. It's really good to um, get into the crowd, you know. You want to... You want to talk to them, you want to know, you want to tell them that you're interested in them as well. You want to get your point across. You don't just want to play the music and get out of there. You want to, you know, still want to be good mates on stage as well. Mm. Uh, so you mentioned that you went from death to thrash to heavy to power. Yeah. What was that process like? Why did you gravitate slowly towards, um, you know, things which have... It's difficult to describe because, like, because they're still aggressive in a certain way, but it's a very different type of aggression. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I guess, when I first got into it, um, you know, Slayer was the biggest thing to me. It was the biggest, scariest thing, and then it was like, oh wow, what's this? Oh, this is Cannibal Corpse. Oh, that's, you know, just keep going further and darker down that road, and then instead of it being like the shock factor, it was more. Um, looking at the skill you know so I started going into thrash and then the skill within vocals you know so I started going into heavy metal and now the skill with musicianship and actually just the enjoyment for it you know I find happiness in <laughs> heavy metal and power metal and so it's just it's just what sits well with me and of course I've always been like bigger into well not bigger but I always grew up on the rock and the glam side and so I've always been into the clean stuff. Mm. Oh, really nice. One last question. Yeah. Um, have you any bands, whether old or new, that you've been listening to recently that you'd like to shout out or recommend? Basically just the whole whole Melbourne metal scene. They're just doing so exceptional at the moment from bands like Orpheus Omega, Venom, Demonhead, Malice's Wake, Harlot... You name it, just everyone's doing so well. Mm. Um, I expect you'll be hearing a lot more and bigger things coming from them. And here's to you. Oh, really cool. Frosty, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Um, so, uh, yeah, Espionage, Digital Dystopia's out now. Um, Check out our Facebook and Instagram and Bandcamp and... Buy some stuff. Definitely. And they'll be playing at the Croxton Band Room on September 8th and at Metal United Down Under on September 22nd. Yeah, come thing. get your faces in our video clip. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Mosh Pit Backstage Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Omni. 
find out more about the show, go to www.syn.org.au slash moshpit. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash moshpitonsin and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at moshpitsin. The regular Moshpit radio show broadcasts punk, rock and male tunes and interviews every Thursday nights on Sin 9.7 on FM and digital radios. Listeners outside of Melbourne, Australia can stream Sin 9.7 online at www.syn.org.au. Thanks to Vintage Ruin for the music. Hi, this is Samantha from Flash Gun Apocalypse. Hi, I'm Enid from Girls School. I am Phoebe Pinnock from Heaven the Axe. Hey, this is Gary Oldman of the Misfits. Hey, this is Kat Sproul from Horizon's Edge, and you're listening to The Moss Pit on Sin FM. Hi, this is Aina from Leopard. Hi, I'm Virginia Lilly from the band Lilly. This is Raoul from 1449. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ali from Eberhead. Hey everybody, this is Charlie Benante with Anthrax, and you are listening to the Mosh Pit on Sims.